Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. The pursuit of intelligence through education and whatnot is being the conditioning that you've been conditioned to be and then trying to improve your state of affairs by adding information. The pursuit of consciousness, on the other hand, is about losing the conditioning that was never true to begin with and isn't serving you. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. We're all trained that if we can learn to hold and process information better, we can become a more intelligent human being and as a result, become successful. This conditioning puts us in the situation where we perpetually feel that if we can just get one more piece of information or the right information, we can solve our problems. But this has no reference in reality. And this shared delusion is causing far more problems than it's solving. Today, we're going to look at an alternative, how consciousness, as opposed to intelligence, can be used to solve just about anything. But before we get into it, I want to remind you that this episode comes from the Clear Thinking course, which is available online. If you want to take the extra time you have at home these days as an opportunity to live more intentionally, you can find the full 11-week course at clearandopen.com. Of course, Clear and Open members get access to all my courses, and I wanted to let you know that I'm right now, as of this moment, uh, delivering uh, the live course, Meditation for Awakening, How to Get with Reality, which will become an online course like all the others. But this one I'm particularly excited to be teaching because the more I learned about meditation over the last couple of years, the more I realized the radical misunderstanding there is in the world about what it is. And when I finally, after 25 years of sort of fumbling about when I finally learned what meditation was really about, I had some profound breakthroughs. So meditation offers more benefits than I can name here. It reduces stress, it can eliminate anxiety and depression. And when done when done correctly, it gives you a kind of x-ray vision into reality. But the way most people meditate is sort of like visiting a new country and never leaving the airport. And they especially miss out on their access to truth. What's the impact of not being able to see truth? Well, just the vast majority of all your problems. So if you've been listening to my webcast, you've experienced that I have a unique way of getting to the heart of things. That's what meditation has given me. And there's a version of it waiting for you to have as well. Will you let me help you find it? What will your version of deep wisdom and insight look like? I really want to know. Don't you? It's far more accessible than you might think. So if you're intrigued to learn more, go to clearandopen.com slash meditation dash for dash awakening. Thanks for listening. Let's start the podcast. I've told you uh, over the last three or four weeks here and there about this client I've been working with for over five years three co-founders that are all friends. And I've been telling them for years, at least two years, probably longer, that they need to excise the friendships out of the business and pretend that they're not friends so that they can actually start to install accountability in the business. They didn't do it, and they didn't do it, and they didn't do it. And things were problematic. Mom, my people just won't do what they say they're going to do. 
People are dropping balls. I'm having to do other people's jobs. Yeah, yeah, I know. Get that friendship stuff out of the business. That's the root problem. Well, can you tell me like how to hold people accountable? Like, what's a tool? Like, what do I say in the meeting with the person? I can give you some information about that, but that's going to be inside all the friendship dynamics that are screwing up accountability in your business. So finally, things got bad enough. And my several year sales job on excising the friendships out of the business finally closed, <laughs> closed the deal through enormous amounts of effort on my part. But that's, I guess, the job sometimes. And he did it with the employee slash friend, one of the co-founders, that he was most afraid would resist it. And she thanked him for it. Said, oh, I've been waiting for this. This is exactly what I need. Now, yeah, awesome. And thanks for the applause, Deborah. Now, clear thinking would then ask a question. Anybody have an idea what that might be? If it works with someone, a friend, which is the most difficult situation, wouldn't it work with everybody, anybody? Yes. yes. Exactly. So a clear thinking person, I would argue in that moment would go, holy crap, I've waited years to do this. And the fear I had that this would ruin my friendship, possibly my business, possibly my partnership, because that person is is not only a co-founder and a friend, but the primary investor in the business. Right? Which was why the resistance was there primarily, because like, you know, that person could have taken their ball and gone home big risk. So he did it with the riskiest person, which is, was wonderfully brave. But a clear-thinking person, I would argue, would then say, hmm, I wonder what all the other things that Joseph suggested I do that I haven't done, how fast can I do those things? <laughs> right? Not only how fast can I institute this everywhere, But what about all the other things I've been not doing? To be able to see the conditioning, like, oh, wow, I've been resistant as hell, and this was the right thing to do years ago. That's what happens when the conditioning, when you're fully differentiated from that conditioning. The clear thinking opens up a whole new world for you. Now, I don't think he's quite there yet, but I have my fingers crossed. But until that happens, this CEO and this business will continue to suffer in one way, I would say needlessly. In another way, everybody's learning the way they're learning. But it's not because the solution doesn't exist or is some mystery. And that's the point I want to be making. Because because of our educational conditioning, which is where we learn how to think, in quotes, where we supposedly learn how to think, where we ostensibly learn how to think, but actually don't. We think we learn how to think clearly. And then we graduate high school and or college and we pat ourselves in the back and look at this, look at this piece of paper. I think clearly now. I wish. Because not only have you not learned most likely logical fallacies, not only have you not learned about how to spot contradictions, 
Not only have you not learned how to make a cogent argument in most cases, it's not just the absence of the stuff that actually is critical thinking, but it's that you were conditioned to think thinking is something other than what it is. And it's not an exaggeration to say this is not only the, one of the sources of every problem in a person's life, but every problem in our world. Because world problems are just individual problems multiplied. Right? So our mindset in the problems of our life, and so in the, in, in the individual's life, and therefore in the uh, life of the world, our collective life, our mindset is, well, there's a problem and we just don't have the answer to it. There's some solution, some formula, some bit of information we don't have. You see, that's what's called the knowledge deficit model that our education system is based on. It says that intelligence, well, first that your problems exist because of uh, a lack of intelligence of some kind. And therefore, the solution path is to become more intelligent, gain the tool, gain the information, right? You need to write a paper about the impact of the Protestant Reformation on the Renaissance, but you go research that, right? You read it in books, you acquire that information, then you synthesize it in some way and make some kind of argument. That's what we're taught clear thinking is. Go get the information, solve the problem. But that's not actually how real life works most of the time. So how does it work? How it does work is not via the vehicle of intelligence, which I'm defining as include, you know, largely the way we're trained, what intelligence means is the ability to hold information and regurgitate it more advanced levels, synthesize it in new ways, but it's working with existing information. What's the alternative to intelligence? If it's not intelligence, what is the governing dynamic of solving problems? The primary one, intelligence certainly helps in many cases. If you can't remember what happened yesterday, then you know that's, uh, that might impact your ability to solve a problem. But what's the greater governing dynamic if it's not intelligence? Curiosity. Mm, I like that. Curiosity is good. Curiosity, I would say, is even downstream of what I'm speaking to. That's even bigger than that. Includes that. Relating. Awareness, I heard. Say again, Deborah. I said relating. Relating. Relating, I would uh, put with curiosity. It's downstream. Uh, and awareness is, is, uh, is what I want to talk about. But e- even more specifically, you know, it depends on how you define it. We could go with awareness, but I want to talk about it as consciousness. But awareness is, it depends on how you define it. That, that's just as good a word. But I'm going to use the word consciousness. Consciousness can be defined lots of different ways. But in this context, I want to define it as consciousness is the ability for conditioning to not stick to you. Consciousness is the ability for conditioning to not stick to you. Dense consciousness, think about like, um, you know, uh, concrete. Concrete is denser than air. When you run into concrete, it stops you. You can't go through it. But when you walk through air, you don't really walk through it, sort of gets out of the way. 
but for all purposes, you walk through it, right? Dense consciousness is stuck to conditioning. Another way of saying it is conditioning runs into dense consciousness and hits it like concrete, and it's just splattered like spaghetti sauce on a wall. It becomes you. This is how most marketing works, right? Marketing is uh, functions based on uh, repeating the same message in an appealing way again and again and again until someone believes it, right? They saw it on TV, must be true. And so the, uh, someone with dense consciousness is susceptible and gullible to conditioning whether that conditioning is true or whether it's not true. And you can see this with children, right? Children are open, they're they're sponges, right? They just, they're in a learning, a deep learning mode, and they respect the authority of their parents for a while anyway. And so they basically believe whatever the parents tell them, right? And so one of the uh, pieces of conditioning in my childhood for example, was that my father knew everything. That was one of the earliest ideas I had in my head. He is a smart guy, relatively speaking, really good at crossword puzzles, truly kicked everyone's ass at Trivial Pursuit. Remember that game in the 80s? He had a kind of encyclopedic knowledge, but as a critical thinker, (laughs) not so good. And I didn't discover that until my early teen years, where he, I had to knock him off that pedestal that he was on. And that created quite a lot of rebellion in me because I discovered on my own, hmm, turns out dad doesn't know everything. But that was still the sort of the marketing message in the family was that dad knows everything. But if dad knows everything, if you have an idea that challenges him, well, there can be no healthy debate. Right? Because that's basically scripture. Dad knows everything. So whatever your idea is, summarily dismissed. Not really a good environment to be fostering the independent thinking of a teenager. Right? So in that moment where I was conflating math and financial management, which really have very little to do with each other, which is, by the way, the reason why people's money is such a mess. You think that's unique to me, you're missing the point. Most people don't manage their money precisely because they have an aversion to math and fears related to it. That's one, one leg of it. Another piece of it is shame and unworth about money itself, what it means. Another piece of it is not wanting to look at reality because money tells a story about your values whole other story. One day I'll do a course on it. But a big piece of the reason people avoid dealing with money is because they don't like numbers. And they don't like numbers because they don't think they're good with them. So they just avoid it without realizing it. So in that moment where I separated, I saw my conditioning rather than continued to be it. And that's the key thing. That's what consciousness allows you to do. Consciousness is the capacity to, it's sort of like you're wearing glasses. I've got a pair. You're wearing glasses. 
and you're looking through the lenses, and those lenses are not clear. There's distortions. They exaggerate some things, make them bigger, make other things smaller. There are scratches, and they change the way you see things, but you don't even realize it. So you're conditioning about women, men, money, God, business, customers, whatever stories there are in there, you're seeing reality through that lens. Consciousness is the the ability to take the glasses off and look sideways at them and go, oh, look at that. That thing right there, that blemish on the lens makes me see that thing that way. But it's actually not that way. Right? This financial management looks hard because I have the scratch on my lens that says I'm bad with numbers. But that's, that's not what's going on here. You see? That's what consciousness is. Consciousness is the ability to see how you see apart from how you've been conditioned. That's completely different than intelligence. You can be low intelligence and high consciousness. You can be high consciousness and low intelligence. Usually there's some correlation, but they're not necessarily related. In fact, generally the most intelligent people, they tend to be on the lower end of consciousness precisely because of how uh, education training works. We used to have a saying at Emeth that when someone would get a new client, oh, hey, so you got a new client. What do they do? If they were a doctor, lawyer, or engineer, or accountant, we would, there would be eye rolls. Oh, good luck with that. Doctors, lawyers, engineers, and accountants go through the most intelligence training in our society. They go through a lot of schooling. And so they get the biggest dose of intelligence, of quote unquote intelligence conditioning. Doctors and lawyers tend to be the worst because they're also trained basically to be gods, you know. Doctors are the gods in white that, you know, know everything and know how to heal you. And every other model of healing outside of their paradigm is worthless. Not all doctors, but for the most, that's what they're taught. That's the conditioning. And lawyers are taught basically, you know, that one of their versions of it is if they can make a compelling argument, then it must be true, <laughs> right? But you learn as an adult that just because you can make a better argument about something doesn't mean it's necessarily true. Although it's certainly a useful lens to look through, right? But that's the only lens they look through, right? They can't go, oh, I was taught that if I can make a better argument than you, then I must be right. Well, what if you're just better at arguing? What if they're right and they're just not good at arguing? Well, in a court of law, that doesn't matter, does it? Right? Because the judge has to go with who makes the better argument, not with what's true. That's the edict. The judge is not making a decision based on what's true. They're, ma- they're making a, a, a judgment based on who makes the better case. And then assuming that must be what's true. If you really think about that for a while, you'll start to get a nauseating uh, feeling in your stomach that that's the way our society runs. So, therefore, the governing dynamic of being a clear thinker has actually very little to do with intelligence. Intelligence will help you to become a clear thinker. We've talked about logical fallacies. That's 
certainly useful. Talked about excuses, sort of an applied version of logical fallacies. Knowing those distinctions, being able to spot them, remember them, synthesize them, see them in new ways. Oh, that's a version of the straw man. Oh, that's a version of a false equivalency. Certainly those, those kinds of intelligence things will help you to be a clear thinker. But can you see how upstream of all of that is the lenses you're looking through? Right? The childhood level conditioning you have about everything and anything, however you were raised, that has remained unchallenged. So for this reason, Clear and Open is not dedicated to evolving the intelligence of its members, although it does that. But that's not the primary focus. Why? Because it doesn't work. What does work is evolving consciousness. Intelligence is a constructive pursuit, adding information, adding tools. And I've done some of that in this course. I always do. Because I want to give your mind something new to chew on. Gives people the feeling of, and there's truth to it, but it's what people generally want. Well, I want more information about something. Cool. Here's that information. But your ability to apply that information which is why there are assignments, because the assignments in the course are designed to give you a structure to actually start applying it. But the ability to apply that information is going to be limited by the scratches on your lenses, by your consciousness. Because here's the thing. Your identity is made of your conditioning. Who you think you are is made of your conditioning. The information you absorbed about God, sex, money, power, men, women, authority figures, all of these hot topics, whether or not you're good at math, all of this stuff, it concretizes, it crystallizes into the you that you think you are. And then you operate inside that image. And some of that image is accurate, at least as of this moment or today. But some of that image is not. And so while the looking through the glasses lens is um, it's a good metaphor, but it's more like you are the lens with all its scratches and dirt and whatnot. And so intelligence is being that, the pursuit of intelligence through education and whatnot is being the conditioning that you've been conditioned to be and then trying to improve your state of affairs by adding information. The pursuit of consciousness, on the other hand, is about losing the conditioning that was never true to begin with and isn't serving you. That's a deconstructive process. But, here's, but there's a catch. Because you might say, you might be thinking, well, if it's that much more powerful than the pursuit of intelligence, then why don't we do that? And what's the answer? 
if it's easy to make an argument and demonstrably true that deconstructing the aspects of your identity made of your conditioning is what's holding you back, then why don't people do that? Why are people not avidly pursuing losing false attitudes, unproductive beliefs, dysfunctional, self-stagnative, self-destructive patterns of behavior? Why are they not seeking to undo that? And instead, if you look at most people, what they're instead looking to do is to add something onto that to improve their lot. Why do people do that? Why is... Sorry? Fear. Fear of what? Fear of change or of failure. Keep going. Uncomfortable. Comfortableness. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, all of that and upstream of all of this is but they're not even aware of it yes right it's the becoming more aware of something there's discomfort there thanks desmond all this is true but the furthest upstream of what it's actually about is fear of losing who you think you are because in that moment where i saw financial management for what it was i lost something didn't i I lost the story that I'm bad with numbers. It wasn't true. It never really was in one way. And if I'd been taught in a different way, you know, who knows, maybe I would have ended up really good at math. You see? So you might say, well, losing the story that you're bad with numbers, that seems like a good story to lose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a comfortable one. I mean, it was uncomfortable in the moment. But what if there's a whole bunch of conditioning that you have that you actually enjoy? Conditioning about your views of the government or the meaning of life or the nature of God or what a healthy female-male relationship looks like or what any healthy intimate relationship looks like. Stuff that's become comfortable for you. Beliefs you like. So it gets attributed to uh, Mark Twain, but it was actually a humorist uh, named Josh Billings who said, it ain't what you don't know that, hurt, that gets you into trouble. It's what you're sure is true that just ain't so. That's the pursuit of consciousness. It's deconstructive. And until and unless an individual makes a lifelong, active, rigorous project out of casting off everything inside them that is not true, you will not be living your full life. You'll be living inside a prison of your own making. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app 
view the full description of the episode and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.